0: Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic and intercollegiate level. Each interview, each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned, how they were transformed, and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation. These stories will warm your heart and astound you all together. Submitted for your approval. Now it is blood time. Wanna thank Sir Pro of Beachwood, our newest sponsor and Jack Coslin, the owner. They serve all of Northeast Ohio, not just Beechwood. They specialize in disaster cleanup that leaves your home or office like new, like it never happened. Flood and water damage, fire, mold, and they say even blood and guts. Not just any Serve Pro, seek out Serve Pro of Beechwood. That's Serve Pro Beechwood, Shaker Heights, Cleveland two one six 464 4498. Operated by a former All-State wrestler from Beachwood, we love Serve Pro of Beachwood. I'd like to welcome my next guest, Dr. Jen Welter, the very first female NFL coach. Dr. Welter, how are you today?
1: You know, I couldn't be better. How are you guys doing?
0: We're good, we're good. Thank you so much for being on Blood Time.
1: The, the title time. I'm really glad that I'm not currently coaching
0: because you know that that just sounds like Bounty Gate all over again, right? Oh dear God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I had to bring it in. I mean I I used to play
0: linebacker, so you sure. know I
1: mean we we were we were talking about like getting them bloody. I'm like, yep. This guy knows something about me that I that maybe I thought was buried in the archives of when I played.
0: Well, you know uh, we've we've been uh, guilty of that back in the day, so. Uh, We understand, I remember one time, way back when, we had a $5 bounty if we could make uh, one of our opponents scream uh, during a match, so, yeah. You know,
1: I used to say, I'm like, I think every player in the world would say, I want to knock that person out of the game, but, Mm -hmm. you know, generally be like, but I want them to be like right back up and fine after. Absolutely. I want to do permanent damage, I just, you know. Yep. When you knew somebody was a gamer, it's like it, it's it's a compliment to
0: know that you have to worry about them. So I get you. Um, I get you. But you to, but f- <laughs> uh, full full disclosure blood time is is in the sport of wrestling. And so there's Dang. an actual thing where, you know, if you if you get a, a cut or an opening, you got a time to take care of it. But blood time in in this instance means the the bond between the coach and the athlete at that aha moment when they are transformed and they said, "You know what? I can uh, do this." So I love that. You yeah. know, uh,
1: rugby you can you can have a blood sub it's the same but right um, I, I would absolutely say you know I always tell people like there's a heartbeat and a bond um, between athletes and coaches and yep. if you know that it's founded in love and trust like I would run through a wall for you right um, but if I don't trust you then I have to think about what you're telling me to do and I'm not going to play as fast or as furious so I always say that one of the One of the biggest things that a lot of people really do, I think, maybe underestimate or miss is the power of the human connection in sports. Yes, yes, I want you to be a gladiator, but that doesn't mean I want you to go out there with no soul. Right. right? You play a lot harder for the love of somebody than you do the hate for someone else. It's it's a much fiercer, um, valuable commodity if I know that, you know, anybody who knows me, we used to play back in the day. Sure. We'll give you a story. Yep. My one of my favorite teammates, and she was a blood back in the day actually, Alberta Fitcher Bryson. Wow. One of the best to ever play the game. Sure. Uh, we played together, we were one and two on kickoff. Wow. And we were always, you know, we called ourselves the one two punch. Right.
0: right? Mm-hmm. You don't know,
1: hit her, I hit her, you know, we'll both hit her. Right. And we used to run our punt returns. Like I was the one, she was the returner and I was the one coming off the edge to make sure it was kicked. Now it was unofficial generally, but Berta's return would always be opposite the side that I was coming off of. Okay. Because the promise I made her and it wasn't my assigned job. Right. Right. Is I will always be there. If you need one last block to score, I will get there. Love it. You know, my, my job is already taken care of. I made sure the ball was off. I'm trying to block it, do all that stuff. But that back corner of the end zone, out opposite my job, if you get close yep, and you got one woman to beat, she's mine. For years, that was like our combo. And I remember this one game. Right. is coming down the sidelines, and I see it. There's somebody coming
0: across, take her. Yeah. I get there. And it was one of those blocks where the whole stadium just goes, ooh. You know, it, it <laughs> yeah, it's cracks, right? And the the is depleted and everybody's staring at her. Yeah. And
1: Bertha runs into the end zone and she scores. And this was probably yeah. from about 15, 20 yards out. Right. She scores. And, you know, Birdie used to do a kind of like grinding end zone dance. <laughs> oh, no. And she goes, and she's like, I look up. Yeah. And nobody even realized I scored oh, wow. because of this epic freaking block from Welter. They're all still looking at this girl. Yeah. I'm in the end zone by myself, and nobody even cares. Oh, wow. She's like, that changed how I felt about blocking. Love it. Because I was like, I'm going to block like that. Love that. But everybody knew who played with me, like, to find me, and I would always lay out for you. Right. Because, right. you know, and here I am, like you know, I'm not the, the natural choice to run behind because I'm five foot freaking two, like a right. hundred and, you know, probably now I'm lighter, maybe like 120, 25 pounds. Yes. It, like, this is not who you would normally choose for a lead blocker.
0: <laughs> no. You, right. clear, you clearly aren't the, the Ravens right. <laughs> blocking back at 305. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <And> yet, <laughs> what all of my teammates knew, Yeah is that I would die for you. Like yep. I would
1: lay out, I would sacrifice, I would give every bit of my 120, right. which when you play like that is more powerful than your 220.
0: I love that. And I and I love this story because blocking is so important in life as so well. Many people just, they, yep. and so many people just want the glory. Yep, yep, well you said, know, they, well they said. They just
1: want the shine and yet, the beauty of football often comes in the trenches, in the mm. people that you don't see and don't appreciate. And I tell people, I'm like, that's that's what the first is. Sure. Like people always talk about a trailblazer. Yep. Oh gosh, do you know what? Like I cringe when you tell me trailblazer. All right. I'm like, honey, yeah. do you know what trailblazer means? It means I was going through the woods right by myself. Branches everywhere, right. pushing through, one goes forward, and then it mm. comes back and smacks you in the face and right. you're like, Oh, that was really painful. Yeah. Uh, here, let me let me cut that down. Right. And you're moving through the forest and it's so dense and it's so slow. And you're trusting right. that there is somewhere that you're trying to get and that it's possible on this path that you are, but you are doing that completely set on faith. Yes. There is nothing promised because you can't even see the other side. Right. Like you're so deep in and you're so driven with love and a belief that there, you know, that you have to get there, that, you know, each one of those branches becomes a part of your journey. Sure. And you take it the hard way and it's it's ugly, it's messy, it's sweaty, it's definitely not glamorous and when you get to the other side. Yes. A lot of the times people even don't really understand what you did. You right. may be hated for
0: it. Of course. There, there, are,
1: there are tons of people who hated
0: sure. the fact that
1: I was, like, coaching in the NFL. Oh, you crashed the boys' club. Or, yep. oh, she's just there for, you know, uh, because they they want to say they're inclusive and, you yep. know, everything. Oh, she never played football. That was actually my favorite. I'm like, but wait, sure. I did. Yeah. Um, You right. know, all of those things. So you get people that they don't know what to do with you. There's not a system set up for you. Mm-hmm. You get out, and you're either – you know, like the the champion of all womankind because you cracked the glass sideline or you're the person they hate the
0: most. Sure. Well, you know, the, then, they say the pioneer, right, gets the arrows in the back. So the oh, trailblazer, 100%. the pioneer, absolutely, no question. And, and and
1: it is, a lot of it, you know, it's misunderstanding and then a, then a lot of it is jealousy. Sure. And, you know, and then the next person gets to go like skippity-doo-dah like through this beautiful trail. Well,
0: where, you know, and, and you know. to, 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 say, to say that is absolutely true in, in so many different things in life. And so when you're looking at that pioneer trailblazing uh, path that you, that you started and you created and you went through, what coach, you know, because you, you talk about love. You talk about, you know, why people were, were in love with, with Vince Lombardi. There was that love. There was a little bit of fear, too. But there was the fear was because they they didn't want to disappoint him. Was there a coach like that in your, you know, youth in your formative years that said to Jen, "I I believe in you. You can do not only this but things that we haven't even thought of." <laughs> you know what I mean? Well,
1: you know, I, I mean, I was a little bit different. I think um, as an athlete, I was one that was often. Um, underestimated
0: sure um, well at 52 you 125 know, yeah. you're gonna be you're gonna be looked over absolutely yeah, you know my first sport was tennis and i had a okay. coach who told me um
1: because of my size and my build i'd never be strong enough to play pro tennis so sure you know yep i always lovingly say i'd love to see him again and tell him he was right you know i played pro football instead exactly
0: <laughs> different story um,
1: but you know, it was it was a chip on the shoulder that drove me a lot of times that I didn't want to hear that again. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I did have coaches though that that did see me as something special. I remember, um, you know, college rugby was probably very transformative to me. Um, I played rugby for Boston College. Sure. Uh, and it was the closest I had ever gotten to football, right? Like, sure. okay, well, this is cool. It's like soccer meets football and they don't wear pads. Like, I'm definitely doing this. Right. And, you know, I was strong and headstrong and fearless, definitely a little reckless. And I went out there and I was like, oh, I'm doing this. And, like, before I knew any better, mm-hmm. so we had, this, we had this great this great coaching Dynamic. um Our head coach's name was Ken Daly. Yes, he was a rugby legend, okay. right off the boat Ireland, and you know this intense, wonderful dude. And then we had this crazy coach. Her nickname was Blotto. She had played for the the U.S. national team. Okay, uh, probably one of the toughest women I've ever met. And yeah. she grabbed me when I was a rookie, and she was like, "Yep, rookie, yeah. you're with me. You're going to be a prop." Okay. And all of the vets just kind of went, uh, what? Because <laughs> props, if you guys aren't rugby
0: people, you know, yeah. props are, are, are like the linemen in football. Like, yeah. They're big. They got and, cauliflower ears, Jen. Right. And, right. Well, that's the second row, Jen. Yeah. The yeah. It's, oh, that's true. Yeah. It's second the second row. Right, right. Right. That's right. why they tape their ears. Yes. But, um, you know, she grabbed
1: me and she was like, yep, this is the one she's going to be a prop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And everybody's kind of looking at her like, she's crazy. And I was like, all right, what do I have to do? Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, rookie, you don't want to do that. Right. right. Like, and I was like, no, I kind of do. I love right? it. And I had really strong legs cause I'd been working out forever and sure. I had leverage and I was fearless. And she was such, you know, she was so awesome. She like really taught great techniques.
0: So okay.
1: here I am. And I, I, I don't know, like, I didn't realize how much faith that, like, that had showed in her to, like, hand pick me. Right. But she was so hard on me, and it was probably the best thing ever because, you know, you don't know it any
0: other way. Right. But I remember, like, going down in a scrum one time, and, like, you know, here I am, and I'm going up against her. Okay.
1: Uh, and, you know, I was, like, got a good pop, and I'm, like, yes! And all of a sudden, like, muah! She kisses
0: me. (laughs) And
1: I was like,
0: you know, not on the lips, but like on the cheek. That's in the middle of the scrum. Like
1: we're going after each other like. And (laughs) And I was like. "Ah!" What
0: was that? And like, you know,
1: scrum breaks up and all this stuff. And everybody's like, oh, rookie, she got
0: you. I love it. Right uh, and, and uh, they I were
1: like, it. Look, all all goes in the scrum, right? Sure. Like you can't nothing, nothing mm-hmm. can take you off that focus. And I was like,
0: Yep. Oh, oh, yep. this is how we're doing it? And Mind like, games, oh. baby. I love it. Oh, okay. Mind games. Great. Yep. And then there was another time, so you know, Blato
1: and I are scrumming down and it's before a game. The lady looks like she is sixteen months pregnant. Like oh, I'm not oh, talking God. nine months. Like this <laughs> baby is like <laughs> Like, on the verge of exploding. Okay. And she's like, all right, all right, Walter, let's go. Let's let's get you ready. Let's scrum down. And I'm like, yeah. no way. <laughs> you want me to put my head into your chest and push against you. Like, yeah. that baby's coming out now. Like, surely you're kidding. Right? Like,
0: That's surely fantastic. you cannot expect me to, like, be this crazy athlete that I am because this is, like, years later, right? Like, right. now I'm, like, the beast, right? Sure. And I'm like,
1: but no way, you're you're so beyond pregnant. I can't do this. I'll like hurt the baby. I love it. And so I don't go hard. And I swear to you, she put her head through my chest. Yep. I could not breathe. I was like (gasps) Yeah. (gasps) Yeah. And she was like, Welter, yeah, don't you ever go soft on anyone and I was like,
0: Oh, Oh, oh okay okay
1: how's, <laughs> how's the baby right. right but of any coaches like you know I, I look back now and I think as an athlete sometimes it's sure. tough yep. to to realize that those people who are tough on you yes, are doing it because they see something in you Sure. they're doing it because they know how good they can make you yep. and I carry that forward and, and tell my athletes that I'm like look i'm doing you no favor by letting you be less than great yes you know yep you don't they don't owe you a spot at the table they don't owe you a a a position in the game right but when you're good Mm -hmm. you know your game speaks for you yes right like let's let your game be loud let's let's let you be proud about your game and let's let's really own that and you know and i've had talks with athletes before because i think sometimes in our mind as coaches, we, we believe that they know that that's why they're hard on them. Yes. And yet we're, we're all human. Right. And you know, it's hard to get picked on, especially if you have a bad day and you feel like you can't get it right. Right. And I have had, I have had talks with athletes of every level, all the way up to, you know, the Alliance league, to the NFL, to the very top levels, the little kids right and I'll tell them the same thing like I am hard on you because I know how good you can be and I'm fighting for you to get that opportunity sure right like I the best gift I can give you is to make you better
0: and I think I wish I was better at understanding that as an athlete because I was a little bit of a knucklehead at times who wasn't well who wasn't Jen honestly right. right That's why I get the knuckleheads now, and I can relate to them. Like, oh God, sure. you're just like I was. Oh, poor thing. Yeah, Thanks. but you know what? It, the, it what Blotto gave to you, and and your crazy Irish coach is love, and be, and they were tough on you because they knew that, you know what? You're going out there, and you're in a cam- combat sport. So if I'm not tough on you, guess what happens when you go out there? So mm-hmm. I get that, and I get what you're, you know, that message that you're you're paying it forward doing today. And so, I want to I want to get into the mindset of you walking into an NFL training room, an NFL strategy session, an NFL you know practice field. What was that like for you as the first female to do that? And and what what was the response? And what was what was the feeling for for you personally and also professionally? You
1: know, I think. So many emotions could be captured in any one of those statements, right? Sure. Like, I think I remember the first time I went to go to the Cardinals' practice facility. Um, I was coaching in indoor football at the time.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I had been invited there by Bruce Arians.
0: Right. Who is and- the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals? And where was their training facility at this time? Um, uh, uh, I guess we were in Tempe. Tempe. Okay. Um, sure. Okay. And so. You know, and I mean,
1: I'd never even really I'd been to Arizona once and once before in my life. Right. Like. Right. And thankfully, this good friend of mine at the time who had played for the Cardinals, mm-hmm. Rodney Thomas, sure. uh, when I was in Arizona, like we were meeting on some business when I got the message that Bruce wanted me to go to training camp. And I was like, uh, oh, oh, my goodness. Like, I've right. never even been to an NFL facility.
0: Right. Like, I right. had no, no context, no. And I was a little scared. Okay. And he just looked at me, and I told
1: him, and he was like, "This is so amazing." He was like, "I'll take you." Mm-hmm. He was like, "He's like, I need to go by and visit the cards anyway. I'll take you. I'll pick you up in the morning, and we'll go over together. I don't. I don't want you to have to do that by yourself."
0: That's cool. And I just remember being like, "Oh, I love you. Right. Right. Like, right. Oh, thank you for yeah. being like one of yeah. my dudes." And like, sure.
1: Thankfully for me, that's that's something that I've had is, you know, just a really amazing. Um, like I've had a lot of big NFL, big brothers who kind sure. of have helped me along the way, like whether it was when I played or, you know, then moved on into coaching and some of the other stuff. And even in life now, they kind of are, you know, I, I, I lovingly say they look out for me like their kid sister. Sure. Um, Cause they know a lot of, you know, they know rules to the game that I didn't even know were being played. Right. Like, yeah. um, and so if they can navigate some of that, like they do for, for any rookie, um. And he definitely did that day. Um, sure. And so we got there, and I walked out on the field, and it's, like, larger than life to me. Yes. Right? At that time, the the closest I had ever been to an NFL sidelines was the nosebleed section. Okay. And here I am walking out on this field, and they're, you know, they're an NFL team. Yes. And, you know, it was like, oh, my gosh, can I do this? Like, do I belong here Right, and it's funny how things bring you back. Like uh-huh. I always say, the football field is the place in this
0: world that I learned I could be magic. Okay. Right? like it. Okay. At five foot two, I could play six foot ten. Sure. There was nothing
1: I couldn't do when I put on the pads and helmets and cleats. There was no one I couldn't bring down. Nobody I couldn't run down. Like yep. that was my place. Right. And I think when you find the place that you can be magic in this world, mm-hmm. it teaches you to find and expect magic in other places too. Love that. Um. And you know that was that was football. That's that's why i say like I've been married to football a long time now. I love it's, it. It's for richer, for poorer. Right. Through sickness and in health, and definitely it it felt at times that only death could pull us apart. Sure. Like that's that's been my life. And you know those familiar things happen, and they tell a story to our brain that we don't even necessarily like consciously process. Okay. And I heard the pads hit. Yes. You know just that that pop of the pad sure and i just thought oh yeah i'm home yeah Yeah. right like like this is my place and yes the guys are bigger and the the stage is bigger but like this has been you know home for me for so long and i i was like okay right all right you know it's the pad's popping like i'm good yep and then i give a lot of credit to you know bruce arians um, sure. You know, here he is. He's the head coach of the team. He's the most powerful man out there. Right. And as soon as he saw me, like he walked over and met me, and you know, in a time when all eyes are on him, he made me feel like the most important person there. And he really just took time to like connect and talk to me, and he was so easy and funny, and you know, and we just we hit it off, and. You know, I remember him telling me, like, I'll never forget. He was like, you know, Coach, mm-hmm. you know, I can only put these pads and these guys in full pads for 14 days in the regular season. Yeah. I'll s, and I don't mean football. Yeah. Um, am I supposed to build a team when I can only put these guys in pads 14 days? I know. And I just kind of looked at him and I said, Well, Coach, maybe you should come get some of my guys from Marina because I can promise you they they haven't been out of pads 14 days. And frankly, I don't think I was out of pads 14 days my whole career. <laughs> exactly. And he started. <laughs> He started laughing. Yeah. And he just looks at me and he goes, "By the way, I effing cuss." <laughs> I it said, "Good." It's effing football.
0: That's right.
1: And he stopped. Yeah. And he looked at me and he just kind of nodded his head. Right. And he got this smile. Okay. Like I don't know, this could work. Right. And he's like, "Coach, can you stay to the end of the practice? I yeah. want to talk more, but you know, all these guys are looking at me and expecting me to work." Right. Um, but I'm not done with this gotcha and i just you know what i realized later is that that was a test yes because if the f word and i don't mean football would have phased me right. then how the
0: right. f could i have been the first female coach in the nfl no question yeah no because question there were going to be a lot bigger
1: tests than that and he wanted to see how i would respond yeah so i mean you, you been you, like right oh, i'm sorry coach don't use the f word right right like, you're done Get out of here,
0: you're done. Yeah, I mean, if if you don't understand that walking in, that what your audience is and what the culture is, then shame on you. And and I know that you're way smarter than that. So you you knew that, right? And, right. And, And part of that is where the rubber meets the road, is that's where the bond is. And that's where you see the great teams come together, is when they understand that entire universe you know it's that's their right. universe it's nobody else's it's their universe mm-hmm. and yeah. i think that's so, you
1: know yeah and there's yeah. a language and an understanding that's created right um you know and anybody who would would be around coach arians could tell you that like mm-hmm. he used to say he would coach you hard and then hug you harder later right 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 and you 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 know where you stand Same. and i respected that about him yes you know the players you know that was to me that was easy and hard hard was the perception on the outside and the expectations of the the world uh, looking in yep easy was these guys because i don't care who you are if you're a competitor and
0: somebody can make you better yes they will listen absolutely 100 percent, 100 percent in fact, these guys were excited. That's right? cool. Like they were like, "Oh man, coach!" Like, you know,
1: there was such a um, a spirit of overcoming and being the underdog in common. Yep. You know, they all knew they had beaten the odds by getting there, but they would tell me all the time, "They're like, man, coach, we thought it was hard for us to get here, but yeah.
0: for you, yes, yes." Well, and you know, so, Jen, yeah. I'll tell you what the the greatest teams have the open heart and open mind, mm-hmm. and if you don't want to get the excellence from wherever you can get it as long as it's coming with love, then you're a fool. And yeah. so, you know, and, and talking about coaching, what c- great coaches really are, they're a rudder mm-hmm. and a point of light. And that rudder sometimes, you know, you got to hit the boat a little bit harder than, than not or you, you massage the boat or whatever it is, but you keep them on the light, keep them pointed to the, to the light. And so that's what I think Arians was, was saying in what he was uh, articulating to you. But I've seen it all over, you know, from all different types of sports. My, my uh, cousin, Jerry Tarkanian, he, he was arguably one of the bandits of the NCAA. But when he had that 90 team where they were the national champs and they beat Duke in the semifinals in uh, basketball, he had four first-round picks on that team. They came back in 91. They didn't go to the NBA. That's what coaching is all about. Cause they knew that he had their best interests in mind and they would run through a wall for them. And right. no, nobody could, nobody could, nobody could hang with them until coach K at Duke figured out how to beat him. And he beat him in the finals and, and Tark said, I was out coached. And there's the other, you know, there's the other uh, beauty of a, of a coach to say, Hey, I learned how to get better by being beaten. Mm-hmm. You know? So I just love all these stories that you're, that you're, Articulating this in this short period of time where we've just, you know, we've just talked, it's just amazing. So, what what did you take away from that experience that you are now using today? I know that you're doing a lot of different cool things, and I wanted to talk a little bit about what you're doing today, but also what you took away from that experience into today's world. Uh, you know,
1: I, I think for any of us, I always lovingly say, um, I might be a coach, but I'm coachable. I think so much about life is being open to learning, and, and I, I use all of it, I think, to a more or less extent. I think one of the ones that I can speak specifically to mm-hmm. um, that might be a little bit unique is you know the aspect of women coaching men. Sure. Um, for those people who think that men won't listen to female coaches because that's what the argument was all the time, Yeah. stop selling the men short. Right. Like, that would be my big thing.
0: Well, Stop I mean short, well well Jen are, are much better than that and Jen, I mean why you wouldn't listen to your mother if she's telling you right. great stuff Your, your sister that I mean she your right. sister how many sisters have have coached their brothers into the guy the woman that they' they're gonna marry <laughs> I mean, come on, you know in in but hard life decisions it, like, yeah but that's why I say it you know
1: most of the men yes you
0: know have
1: been coached by women their whole lives right so why? Would this be any different? Right. Stop selling them short. Well I'm said. Not going to say, oh, well, they listen because of this, that, and the other. No, right. give the guys more credit than that. Like, right. there's, there's bad apples in every bunch. Look, there are women who won't get coached by women. That, that is not a gender thing. Right. Right. Like, let's, let's do a little better than that because it's, it's very short-sighted thinking to say that, you know, who you would take instruction from would be male or female, and that that would. Would be something that was determined by a sport or an industry. Sure. Like if somebody's not going to listen to a woman, it's because he's a jerk. It's not because he's a man, right? right? Like, or right. because she's not qualified or whatever it is. But it doesn't mean that, like, you know, this is just what it is because of an industry. So, right. One of the things I always say is like the, and for same thing I push back on women on. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's not because you're a woman. Like, let's get past that. Let's see where we can get better. Also, as women, because a lot of the times we need to have better conversations, right? Um, And let's get better at working together. Maybe what what you need is different than what a guy needs in that situation, or maybe the guys want to help, but they don't necessarily know how. Or in our current culture, it is so adversarial that it's hard sometimes for guys to even know how to be helpful. Right. Right. I use the example of like, you know, opening the door yeah right it it, this this used to be common courtesy right if i'm at the door right i will hold the door for you because i don't want it to smack you in the face of course that's true yeah i'm not holding the door for you because Mm -hmm. i think you're physically incapable now i will open it for somebody who isn't capable sure me doing it is is a just you know i don't want the door to smack you in the face right i tell guys the same thing i'm like i don't interpret it obviously i'm a strong woman. I don't interpret a guy holding the door for me as an insult of my intelligence or my my physicality and my ability to open the door. I think it's just courtesy. Sure. And yet we've gotten to a place in our culture that things are 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 often unclear or misinterpreted or, you know, we're we're just angry about things that like you know we're gonna make something where it isn't and like as soon as you do that people's willingness to have a tough conversation or to maybe get awkward in a situation that they don't know what to expect goes out the window and it's easier to just not
0: have it well what so, I love what I love about what I've heard from you in this entire interview Jen is there is such self-love coming from you that you're able to absolutely transmit that and transfer that to the people that you coach and the people that are in your lives. And what you're saying is is it's self-loathing that is the is the core of what we're ta- what you're talking about right now. Because anybody that loves themselves would never feel threatened, never feel insulted if somebody did some act of kindness for them and wouldn't take it the wrong way. And that's what true coaching is, leading with love and self-love. And I just I you know? be
1: open to the conversation. Of course. Right? Like just just talk about things. My my perspective is like really laugh often. Yes. Honestly. Like right. moments are gonna be awkward. Yeah. Right? Like, but I, I give people the benefit of the doubt of like intent. Okay. We're, we're all gonna say things that are wrong. Sure. It's gonna come out wrong, but like I don't think that most people are intending to be difficult. Right. So like uh, let's let's give people the benefit of the doubt a little bit. I mm-hmm. have what I call a fail safe. Okay. Right? Like um like let's just assume that, you know, there was a good thought somewhere in the brain.
0: Right. Unfortunately, by the time it came out of the mouth, something went horribly wrong. <laughs> Right? We've yeah, done it. I've had right? that we happen have... once or twice. Absolutely. Right. I mean, we've all done it. And the second they come out, we're like, <laughs> <They're> like no. <laughs> we're right. trying to grab those words back. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. And
1: in those awkward moments, like for anybody, mm-hmm. you have a choice. Sure. Right? Like you have a choice. You can get mad or you can get clarity. No and doubt. And generally, my go-to is humor. Love it. And
0: you know, I've been in a whole lot of situations where it could have gotten really bad really quickly. Sure. And my go to
1: statement that really kind of cuts through all that is, dude. Yeah. You do realize you said that out loud, right?
0: Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. because then everybody who said it,
1: they're like, I know it and I didn't
0: mean it and I'm right. so sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. We're good. We're good. I yeah. know what you said. I know what you meant. Yes. Yes.
1: I'm just going to coach you up real quick on the fact that that combination of words should never come out of
0: your mouth ever again. We're in the circle of
1: trust right now. Right.
0: We're good. Right. But the big bad world outside of here, Mm -hmm. oh, you'd be in big trouble. Yes. Let's just go ahead and not do that again. Yes. As my, my beautiful girlfriend, who's a second grade teacher, says, keep that in your speech bubble. (laughs) <laughs> right. Right. like let's, let's, keep that like, in you know, your speech the, bubble. The good thing
1: about that is like yes.
0: you know for
1: example like with me being surrounded by guys sure. and then you know there there is a fear factor that you're going to you know you're going to cross the line of like oh gosh I just did something that's going to make this woman angry
0: or that's going right. to be interpreted as sexist or whatever. Sure. And you know there are people who have that intent. Oh yeah.
1: When you do something like I did, right? Where like right. Well, you said that out loud. Yeah. What you realize is that like, if you're not quick to anger, like there's a whole lot of like relationship that can happen in that. No because doubt. when you can laugh together, you can definitely bond together.
0: No question. You can evolve, and I love evo- right. and I, I, I love evolution. I mean, yep. I, I
1: don't want I don't want my football players walking on eggshells around me. Like that's going to be garbage. Yes. Right? Exactly. Like, worried about what you say and everything, and like. You know, this, that, and the other, and guess what? If you do upset me, yeah, I'm not going to make a big deal about it in front of the entire group. Right. I'm going to pull you aside and say, hey. like, Or what often happens, and I, I think more guys should know, because yeah. um, this is something I coach them up on all the time, if you have, like, one woman in the group, yeah. you know what's out of line. Of course. And you can shut it down a whole lot easier than, like, me having to do it myself. Right. And guys taught me that. They're like, no, no, no. Yep. They're like, uh-uh, bro, don't say that. That's rude. Yeah. And they're it's, like, oh, my bad. I'm sorry. And yep. then I don't have to do it.
0: No, there's, there's definitely that when, when when, the team gets together, too. There's there's that yep. bro, there's that brotherhood, sisterhood, family. You know, we are blood. Yep. I mean, we are blood. Yep. I mean, that's, uh, that's how I end every practice. We are blood. You know, and I get one of the kids oh. taking us out. And so, you know, having said that, I've had a fantastic time listening to these incredible stories, Jen, you, you are something, <laughs> you are something. And I hate to say this, but we got to wrap this up. Um, and I don't want to, cause I could talk, I could listen for another, <laughs> at, at least double this time. But I do want to ask you if, uh, you know, if, if you could just leave the audience with one or two takeaways from Jen Welter and Dr. Jen Welter's experiences, what would they be? <laughs>
1: the first one is like, if, you are gonna lead people you have to know the people that you're leading. okay so you know really get to know the people right because I don't care what your scheme is. I don't care what your plan is. I don't care what your business is. It, it runs on people right And to you realize like I always say like there is more than just a player out there. yeah for every single one of us like there is a real live person who has to execute. And when I know that that you know me, love me, care about me, yes, and might even just notice or see the look on my eyes that I'm having a bad day, and you'll take a second to ask, right? That means the world. I, I may not tell you, but I might. And I, the
0: truth I love is, that the fact
1: that you noticed. Yes, means that you were actually really paying attention to me on a human level.
0: I love that. Absolutely love that. That is just so poignant
1: especially in a, an industry when it's so hard all the time and yep. you know it is with combat or this that and the other like the right. humanity really shows sure and the humanity will really be a differentiating factor that makes you dig a little bit deeper and go a little harder because you know you're not just doing it because it's a job you're doing it because it is a family right um you know so so how can you lead what you don't know um And the other thing would be, like, you know, be authentic. Okay. Not everybody is going to like you all the time, no matter what you do. I I don't care who you are what you do. Not everybody is going to like you. But the scouting report on you should be relatively consistent. Right. 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 Like, you know, if you are the same person Mm -hmm. in in a day-to-day and how you treat people. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, hey, this person doesn't need you to be a little harder on them or this person needs a little bit more of a hug that's not what i'm saying right but who you are and how you operate should be consistent i don't care how many people you ask about me you'll get relatively the same now their personal opinions on it they may love me or hate me for it right but you'll get relatively consistent you know sure very passionate she's honest she's maybe loud i don't know whatever else it is like people are going to tap you because they know you and you don't want people to not know where they stand or who they're dealing with because right. that's when you get punches pulled. Yes. Right? Like, yes. I remember Terry Glenn, who was a good friend of
0: mine. Oh yeah. Um, and unfortunately passed away not too yeah. long ago. And then his yeah. son just passed away, which was really bizarre. Oh, that's awful. Um,
1: yeah. And awful. TG was a, a a guy who didn't say a lot, but yeah. everything he said, like, you better pay attention because he was dropping some real knowledge, right? Sure. And he was one of the few people who knew that I was going from coaching indoor to the NFL, Right. and he was like, Jen, I've been thinking a lot about you going to the NFL, mm-hmm. and the best advice I can give you is to be 100% authentic. He said, if you are the same person. Right. That you were here every day with those guys in the NFL, they will absolutely love you. But if you're fake in any way, they will sense it and they will eat you alive. So at every point when I wasn't sure, Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure maybe, you know, what do you do? What do you say? How do you coach? Mm. How do you act? Yeah. You because know, there were no other women that I could look at and say,
0: you know, well, maybe that would be a good way to do it, right? Or right. I'm going to do it like her, right?
1: Um, those were the words that gave me strength. Is like, you know, go back to the core of who you are.
0: Do you it know? like Jen. I, I, do it like that's Jen, right? Do that's it like right. Jen. I like that.
1: And, and don't compete. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of people get this idea of leadership in that it's it's perfectly found somewhere else but you know i usually said you know all i could look at is guys and i was never going to outman a man at being a man and frankly they didn't need another man they needed me right because if i was there because i was different and because maybe i could relate to the guys differently because i was a woman because i was short or maybe because i had a phd yes then Am I not doing it a disservice or even the journey, right? right? Am I not doing all of that a disservice if I lose what's me and I try and be something that I'm not?
0: Yeah, that is brilliant advice. Um, may rest in peace, Terry Glenn. Thank you for that advice. And thank you for listening to him and taking that to heart and then to the team absolutely absolutely and dr jen welter the first nfl female coach for the arizona cardinals thanks to bruce arians thank you for being a guest on blood time and telling us thanks these for having me. oh and tell us these wonderful stories and great philosophy please continue to pay that forward and to uh, to teach others and don't be a stranger Um, Definitely. You know, so thank you so much. This is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. I want to share my thought of the day with you Iron through fire makes steel. Welcome the fire.